The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. This is my podcast, my weekly show where I come to you bringing you my perspectives, ideas, thoughts, if you will, sometimes interviews on living better in the modern world, how to stay in the modern world, but do better in it. A lot of times the uh, things that we embark upon to improve our lives in a way remove us even for a short time, but they remove us from our lives. Diets being one of those things where we sort of like put everything else on hold while we do this thing. There's some usefulness to that kind of thing, Um, but but not that useful. I got to tell you, like that was diplomatic when I said there's some usefulness because I want to talk about engagement. I want to talk about getting into your life better. I want to talk about, you want to talk about meditation? You can do the, the, the checking out and that's great, but I'm talking about the checking in. I'm talking about being meditative in the context of your life, not the start of the day, 20 minutes, which is part of your life, sure. But then also, what about in, in the job, in the family context, in the dynamic of the family, all the things that you do, bringing more awareness and presence. That's as hippie as I'll get, I promise. But that's what I'm going for here. And with food, how do you bring a, oh, like this this term that I'm about to use makes me throw up in my mouth, mindful. How do you bring more mindful? Oh, how do you bring more mind? Oh, there it was again. I can't even say it. You guys know the idea. You get the idea, right? If you're just joining me, I have no excuse. I literally have no excuse. I don't even have an explanation. I can't even tell you why I do what I do. I'll tell you, um, I can tell you kind of why, because I like helping you guys do better. Uh, it helps me do better in my own life. This whole thing, this whole thing that I come to you each week to deliver my small steps approach. More on that later, because, uh, yeah, I got a bone to, I got a bone to pick. It's a, you know, a bone to pick, but not yet. Okay. I'm going to go a little positive and I'm just going to bring it down at the end and just make you guys depressed and then say, have a great week. It's not really what I do. This is a solutions based podcast. It really is. I bring my thoughts. I bring my perspectives, not saying that I have opinions. You betcha. But at the end of the day, with all that said, I, I finish up always with, here's what you do to make this better. Here's what you do to make in real improvements. Not short-term, long-term. How fast? As fast as freaking possible. That's what I say every week. It's as fast as possible. Whoa, that sounds amazing. You mean 21 days? No, I mean 21 years. But yay, just stick with me if you're just joining me, okay? I am a certified nutritionist, small steps coach. I'm going to do more of the announcements at the end. I'm bored by announcements. I It's because it's episode 190. And I know that people just joining me like that's information. I'm going to be in New York and all these kinds of things. It's great. It's great. I'll leave them to the end. If you've heard them before, great. But I asked, I have to do the, I don't have to. It's just the, it's boring. Can we move on? I do want to thank you guys. This is not an announcement. I want to thank you, all of you, uh, for your support, either by just showing up and hitting play on this podcast more than once. And if you just did it once and were just like, Tuh, I spit on that podcast, I still thank you. Good, 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 good on you for trying. But if you come here each week or more than once, then thanks. Um, the numbers keep me going and, um, and you know, keep me working as hard as I do on this podcast and YouTube channel and in my practice and everything else, right? With that said, another thank you to people who take the time to leave me an iTunes review or subscribe to this podcast. It's all a numbers game. You'll hear every podcaster and YouTuber saying, like and subscribe. It's because that's how we do better in our careers. That's that's the thing about that. So if there's podcasts you like and you listen to them every week, but you haven't actually subscribed, subscribe. It helps the podcaster because they can post bigger numbers. And it's just kind of what that is. You get a little more cred in the world, the more subscribers you have. I know that because my subscribers are in the million thousands. Um, yeah, so moving on, but, um, what should I talk about? I'm going to talk about a few things. And I'll do, again, this is the first episode 190 that I'm going to push like 90% of the announcements to the end. I'm very excited about that, but I want to talk about my new book, which is called raising healthy parents, small steps, less stress and a thriving family. It's uh, due out September 19th, but is available for pre-order on Amazon. 
I'm only going to bring it up because, I mean, pre-order, that'd be great. But uh, the process is um, very, a, a stark difference from before when I wrote my first book, Approaching the Natural. That that difference is uh, remarkable, literally remarkable, of the process of the back and forth, of the clarity of thought. If you guys were following this podcast during the writing, you know that I had a very rough start of just not being able to focus, and it kind of made me nervous to, to, to I felt like I couldn't focus. It, it was weird. Um, but I read that book, Deep Work, um, and and that was sort of, I think, magically appeared because it was a, what, what I was thinking about anyway. I have all but removed myself from social media. I'm starting to dive back in just a little bit for fun. But definitely said, this has got to stop. And then I sort of regained a balance there that right now is working and will be ever evolving as small steppers do. We don't, we're not fixed at any given time um, in time and space. We're not like, this is what I do and this is what I'm going to ever do. It's just, we sort of go, this is what I'm doing now and we'll see what happens. Um, so anyway, the, the process of that writing was, was very interesting one to me, the same sort of, have you, do you ever feel like, you're stressed about something, and then you have this moment where you're like, I guess I'm stressed because I just feel like I'm supposed to be stressed. Do you ever have that moment? Like, there was times I was writing the book, I was like, I guess I'm supposed to be stressed here, so I might as well be stressed. And then eventually I'd be like, I don't, I guess it made me nervous not to be as stressed. Same thing with the race. Like, leading up to the ultra that I direct, it was so much less work this year, it made me nervous about it because I thought, am I missing something? Am I not tending to something? And then I thought, is this me? This kind of level of worry and just missing out on the fact, the joyfulness of not having to worry about it as much because I learned such a ton the year before, that's the process of evolving. That's the process of learning and building your arsenal of experiences that the next time around, and this goes for ultra marathon running as well, there's less stress with every race I've ever done because I have the experience. I know more what to expect. YouTube videos podcast, the whole thing. It's its how do you stick with something long enough to where your arsenal of experience is so robust that doing the next thing, just it's incrementally less stress over time. That goes, by the way, healthy eating. That's why eating, that's why people who don't eat healthy look at people who do and just make this gargantuan assumption that they're miserable. Ah, I could never eat that way. I always make fun of that because the assumption is that this person is miserable eating how they're eating. And they, and they may be, but that's not everybody. For most of us, and I would say definitely 100% me in this camp, I'm not stressed by what I eat. I'm enlivened by what I eat. I love what I eat. And that goes for even the stuff that's not as healthy first, and the stuff that is healthy. The stuff that's not as healthy, I enjoy even more. You want to know why? Because I eat male healthy most of the time. And I can have something that's a little less healthy now and then. And I enjoy it more than I did before. Because there's no freaking guilt and shame about it. So don't don't make an assumption about me because I don't eat like you that therefore I'm miserable. Small steppers, don't play that game. We turn inside. We assess. We go, am I happy? We go, is this working for me? Yeah, I've done it 30 years. That 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 doesn't that's quantity over quality. Okay? I'm always like somebody goes, I've been doing this for 40 years. Okay. Well, I mean, are you good at it? Or like it do you I mean, are you like how do you do it? Because I don't care about the amount of time. There's people playing guitar for five years that smoke me. I've been playing for 20, but I haven't put the time in to be a virtuoso guitar player. But the years don't really matter. To, to a certain extent. It's how much work you put in, right? It's that, that Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour thing. You can put 10,000 hours in in a very short time if you devote all of your time and resources to that one thing. And that's amazing if it makes you happy. But it also could take 10 years to put the 10,000 hours in, depending on your rate and the rest of your life. Small steppers assess that. We look at always the entirety of our lives. We we don't put all our eggs in one basket for fear of it costing us happiness in all the other areas of our lives. We put more eggs in some baskets than others to be sure. We don't even things out. We don't balance things equally, but we balance. We don't say equal time to family and work and everything else. We say family's more important. So I'm going to put a little more of my eggs in the family basket, but I notice that when I'm doing 
the novel that I'm working on, this hypothetical, I'm not working on a novel because I would just have to kill myself because I can't even take that on right now uh, or ever. And but but I but I, I notice that when I write a novel, uh, I feel really good and I feel inspired and it makes me happier and it affects how I am with my family. So while I'm putting more eggs in the family basket, I'm not going to stop the writing because I know that when I do that, it makes me feel so darn good that I'm a better spouse and parent. So that's kind of cool. And, and as much as I love my family, like, you know, I, I also want to eat well because the healthier I am, that makes me feel really good too. So if I eat really well most of the time, then that also affects my work, my ability to focus and think, and my family. You guys get the picture? It's not, nothing in our lives is in isolation. Nothing is in isolation. Nothing. Everything that we do is related to everything else. Why? Because it's, it's, we're the hub of the wheel. Everything else comes from, emanates from us. Everything in each of your lives listening to this comes from you individually and it comes out of you into all these different aspects. But you're the through line. You are the thing that is the thing that connects all the other parts of your life. You cannot isolate and partition 100%. You can't do it. You can put a little more attention to something or you can put too much attention into something and then see what happens. I can't have a drop of oil because I'm going to die. If I have a drop of oil, it'll make my throat close up and I'll get my eyeballs will fall out of my head. That's what happens when you put too much of figurative eggs in because, you know, eggs in one basket. Dig? Mm. Whoo. Ranty Rancherson this week, right? It's the evening. I, I've been trying to do these in the morning. This is the evening. So I'm a little bit, I'm okay. I actually feel okay. I'm having a little mushroom uh, hot cocoa. That makes me pleased because I feel like it's Christmas. Um, what else? I got a new YouTube video up this morning. I got all this backwards is the title of the video. I recounted uh, my beginnings of uh, when I first started, you know, practicing and how I was coming at it the way that a lot of people do come at it, which is they go right to the food. They go, I'm overweight because of the food I eat. So I got to change the food. And I realized early on, thank goodness, that it had very little to do with the food. And that video is about that. Um, so anyway, yeah. So another little thing that's happening, I, I mentioned it last week, I know, but I'm very excited about it. It's um, my program, my system, my online thing. It is, it is like... It's like happening, and it's very exciting. I have not formally launched it yet, uh, so I'm not even going to announce like the URL. But suffice it to say that it is in. Uh, it's coming along great. I've got the people testing it. I got even a few more testing it, and I'm getting really good feedback. And so, because I'm getting good feedback, I'm making changes that I'm really happy I'm making before I launch. So there are good things. With that said. If you have not joined my mailing list, if you sort of found the podcast and you subscribe to it and through iTunes and all that kind of stuff, that's great. But if you want in, <clears throat> I'm going to be offering like a beginning in the first week or two weeks deal, <clears throat> substantial. Like it'll be like 40 to 50% off. I'm not even joking. And this thing is super freaking affordable anyway. But I am going to be offering that for people on my mailing list. So go to SidGarzaHillman.com and enter your mailing list. You can always unsubscribe after the deal, but at least you can get this thing because that's the only place it's going is, I think, is like the first two weeks is going to be via that mailing list and people that if you get the email, you can send it to whoever you want. Um, the idea is that it's not going to be, the, the site will be ready to launch, but I'm sure there's going to be little tweaks to be had. And I just think it'd be cool to offer a discounted rate to people. And with that knowledge that they can shoot me some comments and say, hey, I know I got in this cheaper than usual. So here's my feedback. And that helps me too. See, it's a win-win, isn't it? Mm. Okay. Whew. Deep breath, Sid. I've taken it, taken it to the mat today. Um. It's not about do you, it's how much do you. All right, you guys, thanks. Have a good week. I'm kidding. I've, I want to explain that. It's what I was thinking is, and this speaks to the the Mott, if you're just joining me, Mott, most of the time, which there's a few, few like key players in my approach that have really stuck, okay? One is Mott most of the time. Two, the me, not me game. Three, nutty nut nut. And I'll say four, the first task. 
those are the like the four pillars of small steppers. Nutty nut nut being the stop, the top. Because we're just if you if you approach your life as a small stepper, you are a nutty nut nut because you definitely aren't typical. And if you have a conversation about improving your life and you use the terms long term and it's gonna be years in the making, it makes you totally odd and weird. If you it just it is because people want to expect they're gonna expect it, you know, remarkable physical changes in a very short time. And when you don't deliver those, thank goodness, because that means you're kind of on a good path of making it last. When you don't deliver that, they're gonna be like, then what are you bothering with this program for? Why are you dealing with a steps list? It's not working, they'll say. The peoples will say it's not working, but it's not working. You're not any, you've only lost two pounds in the last month. That's not working. My friend Sarah did a 21 day beat diet and she lost 87 pounds. She only weighed 88 pounds. She weighs a pound. And in a month, 21 days, you should do that diet. And I'm connected to the pills that, by the way, so just use my affiliate link. Um, so you're nutty nut nut. But the most of the time is one of those pillars. Most of the time. Why? For a couple of reasons. Not to set the bar low. Not to say uh, it's okay to do something most of the time, not all of the time. I, I do think that that's true. What I want you to, 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 to focus on is the fact that it, I've never met somebody who does everything 100% of the time. Never seen it. And yet we will beat ourselves up when we have that expectation for ourselves. We get mad at ourselves when we don't, when we so-called screw up. My thing is to say this, it's just a fact that you're most of the time is the thing that determines your level of health and happiness is what you do most of the time. It is never about the one-offs. So it's not, do you eat junk food? It's, do you eat enough junk food for it to be debilitating? To you physically and mentally. It is not, do you sit on a couch? It is, do you sit on a couch so much that it's debilitating to you physically and mentally? When we get into this ball game of exercise is good for you, but don't talk about the context of our lives, we could easily become either too much of an exerciser, debilitating, or not enough, beating ourselves up for not exercising enough. It, it, this is what happens, you guys. It, to all of you, I I would be willing to bet most of you listening to this, and guess what? Me too, fall into this thing of, is it too much? Is it too little? I'm beating myself up. I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And we're missing the freaking point. The question is, do you do this thing? If it's negative, do you do it enough to be debilitating? Or if it's positive, do you do it enough to make it positive, a positive thing in your life? Interesting, Right? Okay. Healthy eating is a perfect example. I wanted to talk about this week because I haven't really discussed the Wim Hof thing uh, recently, but I want you guys to know that I am a small stepper through and through. And I talked about the Wim, if you're just joining me, go back to like last July and you'll start hearing me talk about the Wim Hof program because I kind of did a week by week little, little, uh, you know, check-in about that. I did the whole program. Uh, if you don't know who Wim Hof is, W-I-M-H-O-F, go Google him, watch the, uh, the, the really good, um, documentary on vice documentary really good anyway mm. finished the program in december the week after i ran the north face 50k and have not missed a day since so i'm going on 10 months of daily multiple rounds of the breathing more than he even recommends and uh daily cold therapy no matter what now 99 percent of the time cold shower okay really i will tell you this you guys in the last month did I see the most, <clears throat> this is the third time I've used remarkable. I mean it actually like I remarked, okay? Uh, a remarkable improvement in the cold part of it. I've been really doing well for months, but this last month, all of a sudden, I'm like up in the time in the cold shower. For a while, I was alternating between cold and warm like about three or four months ago. Finally, I was like, I wonder if I could just go in cold and just stay cold the whole time and just pop out. And great, but this last month, even more like I'm just, it's, it's fully cold. I'm on a well, so it's no, it's, it's not messing around. It's, it is cold. <clears throat> it's not Minnesota cold. It's cold though. Um, and Minnesota is probably like 114 degrees there right now. People in Minnesota, like uh, he doesn't know that much. Um, <clears throat> it's cold. 
This weekend, however, it's been a while since I've done a ice bath. So I decided, you know what? Freaking doing an ice bath. So I went to the market, got myself a 20-pound bag of ice, put it in the tub. By the way, showed this on the, on the news video. Okay? If you guys watched an old YouTube video, you will see me doing an ice bath. And I got in for a minute. And I was pretty happy then because it scared the crap out of me to get into a into a bathtub full of ice water, actual ice water, um, with a lemon in it. No, there was no lemon. And and getting in there really scared me. Uh, this time, I wasn't unnervous, but I, again, arsenal of experience. I'm like, it's it's got to be, I'm assuming, I don't know, and I'm okay not knowing, but I'm going to make the pretty safe assumption that getting into an ice bath this time is going to be a different kind of experience than it was the first time I did it, which was really nerve-wracking. And sure enough, it was. Got in, no shivering, just breathing real easy. I feel my body kind of warm inside. It's a very weird feeling. It's cold on the outside, but you feel a warmth on the inside. I don't know how to explain it other than it's just what it is. Six and a half minutes. Six and a half minutes. And I, in the first minute, I was like, well, this is pretty cold. And I was thinking like, uh, maybe I won't last that much longer. And then all of a sudden, I felt a shift. And... It's the way that Wim Hof describes it is your body sort of closes itself off, keeps the core warm, knows how to generate the heat via the stuff called brown fat. And you can maintain in the cold a lot longer because you're generating enough internal heat. And that's what I felt. And I'll put it this way. I could have gone a lot longer than six and a half. The reason why I mention this is because I started off by saying, we're in this like, am I, no, am I not doing enough? Am I doing too much? All these kinds of things. I pulled at six and a half minutes. I could have gone longer, but in my mind, I was very proud of myself because I thought I could go longer, but this is so substantially much longer than before. I think two minutes was the time I had, the second bath I had done or two and a half minutes or something. It was so much more time that I thought, okay, I don't need to, like, I can do this again and I'll do it and I don't need to set, I'm not setting a record here. This is long-term. I feel good. I got out. I wasn't even that cold when I got out. Whereas the other times I was cold for like an hour, an hour and a half. I was, I felt pretty darn good, you guys. Um, if you're wondering why I do this in the first place, there's a ton of information on cold therapy. And I do believe that based on what I've read in the studies and things like that, that it is, is feeding the fact that I am my fitness level. Like I was able to run my 50K the day before my race on I would say zero training. I mean, I have to say like a recreational runner was I over the last four months, recreational at best, just missing two or three weeks, running a four mile one day a week, like barely, barely anything. And then I'm doing a 50K, going to reception that night, directing the race the next day, told no problem recovery, like didn't even think about it, just didn't even think about it, like completely fine. So there's something to be said about that when the most of what I'm doing is the cold therapy and breathing. Dig? The question is, again, not do you, but how much do you? I'm getting sick and tired of this kind of drive to militancy. It, it, it makes me nutty nut nut. Not in a good way. I won't even say it. It makes me nutty nut. Small steppers are nutty nut nut. So I'm going to mention two, two appearances I had most uh, recently. One is Yogi Triathlete. The Yogi Triathlete podcast. They interviewed me after uh, my race. Uh, they because she ran the race, and uh, it's a couple. Very nice, like super cool. And uh, she ran the race and and asked me to be on their podcast. And so they set up mics at the Stanford Inn, and we did that. And it launched today. I'll put a, a, a link in the show notes. Very cool conversation. The other one is the Plant Yourself podcast with Howard Jacobson. I don't know if he's posted it yet. But he uh, asked me to be on his show. He and I really hit it off in Marshall, Texas. We had a great time. <clears throat> he is um, really, really smart, and almost in a way that like kind of bothers me. I don't like it when when he's people are that smart. It's just why be that smart? You should waste. You know, it's just a waste. You don't. You should hand that around. You, if you're going to bring that much, you should bring enough to share with everybody. That's that's me. It's like the kindergarten rule. Um, but all kidding aside, Howard Jacobson is, is incredible. He's got the plant yourself podcast. If there's a link to me on that podcast, I will, uh, link that. Otherwise I'll, I'll mention it again, but do a search on it. It's really good. But he and I had like a full on philosophical conversation about a whole bunch of cool stuff. So I don't even know how that turned out. It was like, I felt like we were just drinking, just do, I felt like we were doing virtual tequila shots and just up all night. Like I was in college. Mm. 
talking about cool stuff. It's missing, right? We don't do that anymore. Let's talk about the weather and let's talk about sports. Not I don't do ideas. Don't talk about ideas. <clears throat> anyway, so back to the Mott thing. So, you know, I'll leave it there. But, but again, like it's not, I just, I worry about everybody becoming militant. I worry about people feeling bad that they eat a little bit of something that's not as healthy, especially when you're like traveling and it's hard to like, you know, just all the pressure. There's so much pressure that is just a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're, you're beating yourself up and you, you about something you is just not that big of a deal. It's a one-off. It's not your most of the time. And that stress leads you to do it more because it just feels crappy. And I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm done with that. I'm done. I want you guys to get past that and start being happy. And if you don't want to eat any junk food because it makes you happy to never eat junk food, then great. <clears throat> I'm going to step in when it's not making you happy. And I'm going to say, this ain't working for you. Is it good to eat junk food? Maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe it's good in a world where you cannot be 100% natural this is just going to get me in trouble. With everybody listening to this podcast is going to write comments. No, you guys know what how I roll. It might be okay. It might even be I'm going to okay, I'm going to say it's good. It might be really good to dabble in something a little less healthy cuz guess what? You already are. You know how I know? When you put hand sanitizer on your hands, that's unhealthy. When you wash your hands, when you wash your produce, it's unhealthy. Now, I wash my produce because I'm not sure where it's been, but we are not dirty anymore and we're missing out on the things like B12 and the bacteria that comes in that. It's and My point is this, we can't live in the modern world and be 100% natural. We can't do super healthy 100% of the time. We can't do it. We cannot do it. So why we foist an expectation of 100% in a world where we can't maintain 100%, where we flip on a heater when we're just a teeny, teeny, teeny bit cold, that's unhealthy. And so to understand the, the breadth of how unnatural we are means that you're going to put less pressure on yourself when you do one little freaking thing, like eat a little bit of junk food or have a glass of wine once in a while. Again, don't ever have wine if you have developed a problem with alcohol, where you can't stop yourself, then of course, that's horrible. You should never do that ever again, 100%. Figure out how to make that happen so you never have a glass of wine ever again. But for others, having a little thing that is not 100% healthy is, is a good mental exercise to say, I'm in charge here. I'm in charge. I don't have to be militant. I don't have to be rigid. I'm going to be okay. I met some people at the inn. Recently, who were in a really good place. They're on vacation. They're eating really well, and they're just trying to lose weight and all this kind of some amazing stuff. And But yet, on vacation, they're like, we're here for two days. Like, we're not going crazy, but we're going to have a glass of wine. I, like, there's an evenness there. There's a, a, a joy of living there that I appreciate and I can work with. Got it? Okay. On a very nutritional level, I wanted to bring this up because I've been thinking about this more. In, in many ways, I, I have talked a lot about how we know enough about food. Like we, we, we pretty much have it dialed in. We go to these books and we repeatedly, we seminars and all these kinds of things to learn more and more and more. We go to VegFest to learn more and more and more, but we really know, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, but my point is, is that those things can quickly become a distraction from action, a distraction from living your life, a distraction from ironically being freaking healthy, right? Okay. With that said, there are variations in my dietary recommendations, but not in the way that you might think. I do not believe, and science backs me up on this, that human beings are completely different individually one by one. Well, they must need this and this person. There's very little variation. There's very little variation. We get it all the time. Matt and I, when we do live Q, well, I'm, I'm a runner, so I need more protein. No, you don't. You need more overall calories and therefore you're going to have more carbohydrate and more protein and probably more fat. And you're going to need that because you're expending more calories, but you're not a high protein individual because you somehow have removed yourself from the rest of the freaking human race. doesn't happen. We, again, got it? Take it easy. With that said, my dietary why I have a job, for instance, is because I don't give the same dietary recommendations to everybody I work with. Here's why. Because I assess the level of stress. 
because I recommend dietary changes based on the stress of the individual. Why? Because chronic stress weakens digestion. Chronic stress weakens the immune system. Chronic stress raises blood pressure. There's a lot of things chronic stress does such that when I work with somebody on a private level and private basis and say, okay, they're super duper stressed, even though all things being equal, if I just, if somebody handed, this has happened to me with, with uh, clients, they'll hand me a food, I have them do a food diary. They hand me a food diary and just so I can get a snapshot of kind of what they eat. If I didn't know them at all, and I, for many of them, I look at their food and I go, you got a pretty darn good diet. Like it's, I, I wouldn't really change much until I realize that they're also very, very stressed. Guess how? In all the other aspects of their lives. Maybe they're not sleeping well and they have a really, really stressful job. That's a lot of clients that I work with, right? So what I then do is say, okay, well, given all things being equal, this is a pretty darn good diet, but because you're as stressed as you are, let's bring in some things that are not quite as stressful for your body to deal with. Like fresh fruit. Perfect example. Like I'm like, why I'm such a huge fruit guy and why I eat a ton of fruit is because I have stress in my life and that is the easiest thing for my body to digest. It doesn't take a lot of energy for my body to process and digest and utilize, metabolize fruit. It just doesn't. And for most humans. So for somebody who's a little more stressed, I might recommend, hey, listen, start your day off with a little more fresh fruit, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, it's a, it's a approach that I have taken for years, which is that I want to marry someone's diet to the stress in their life. I want to match and, 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 and fit a diet that is applicable and appropriate for their level of stress. Or in, in, in you know, stress for everybody is our interpretation of stress. So from the outside, it may look like they have a job that's not that stressful, but they interpret it as stressful and who knows what, right? So for the short term, it's like, okay, we'll try to do these kinds of things, minimize nuts and seeds a little bit more. They're harder, to, a lot harder to digest, even beans, which I'm a huge fan of, but they're harder to digest than other things. And so it's okay for short term, but let's even things out a little bit. And by the way, let's look at all other things besides food too. But I just wanted to bring that up because I don't have a one-size-fits-all nutritional recommendation in one sense. In one sense, I do because I'm very clear about what I believe are to be the heaviest box foods there. But as somebody is really stressed, I go even heavier box. And if they're not as stressed, I can, you can kind of kick in some light box now and then. And you're going to be totally fine. And that, I do that with myself too. If I'm under a ton of stress, I eat, first of all, a, a lot more heavy box, and second of all, a lot less. And this is the weird thing that's been happening. I've talked about the fact that I've been time restrictive. Uh, I've been doing time restricting, time restrictive eating of late over the last gosh, three or four months. I'm loving it. Not every day, most days, but not every day. Today, I just drank water up until a half hour ago when I had a few little crackers or whatever before I came in here to the podcast. I'm gonna have a big old freaking salad when I come out of here. But up until 5.15, I was water only, a couple of espressos. I mean, I can't not do espressos, right? I mean, that's the healthy, that's the 100% healthy food. Um, but all kidding aside, I, what I realize is this. For me, I think this is just what it is. I have been eating too much. For years, I've been eating too much. I realize that. Now, have I been overweight? No, I haven't. Been a few pounds heavier, a few pounds lighter than I am right now. I was eating at least too frequently and probably a little too much. And I can tell because my energy level by doing time-restrictive eating and also overall, I, have eat, I am eating less calories. Not a huge amount less, but, but a lot less. Not a huge amount, but, but it's substantial, okay? I don't want to say like not half, maybe like a tenth less or fifteenth less, like not that big of a deal, but enough to make a difference. And the fact that I'm doing it in a certain period of time instead of at 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night when I'm finishing eating by 6.30 and giving my body a break until 7.30 the next morning, it is making a huge difference. That's how I know. I just look back and I go, wow, all the things I know about nutrition and I've been eating really well and all in all, really healthy, but boy, can I tell the difference by just overall eating less. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing, but I think that started when I was doing the Wim Hof thing. 
Um, and, you know, I've just been reading on that recently of just people who eat like one meal a day or two meals a day. And, and, and there's many days where I'll eat one to two meals a day, just period. And I'll start eating at noon and I'll finish eating at 5.30 and I kind of get it all in there and I just feel lighter. My brain works better. Like it's this weird thing. Like my, I can feel my, it's clarity of thought. It's a weird thing. Um, you know, can, can, little, little, little warning. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. Okay. I'm not telling you to stop eating or to eat less. I'm just saying this is what's going on with me. And I have made this recommendation to a few people. And actually, usually when I recommend time restrictive eating, I don't recommend any caloric restriction at all. It's just do your eating, just do it during the day so that it's not too late at night when your body's sort of in the mode of, I don't want to eat right now. I want to do the other business that I have to do. And I don't want to take a bunch of extra energy eating and digesting. And that leftover energy is what I think what I'm getting now in terms of all the other things that I do. I feel better and clearer and lighter. And I, and maybe that's what helped me with my book and all these kinds of, who knows? I don't know. Then it's been kind of a weird little thing. Okay. Let's get into the, the subject of this week's podcast, which is do not ask for directions. Okay. And you guys know the old joke that men never ask for directions. And that's because we're smarter. Uh, we're not, we're actually not smarter. I don't know what happened there evolutionarily. Like, I guess we're just supposed to be like me get food. <clears throat> I don't even know what that means. Um, did I just dig? I'm just digging a huge hold, hold. It's, I'm making a, the joke. I don't even think it's a funny joke. Men never ask for directions. I'm saying everybody, man and wool man, do not ask for directions. This is a little bit related to last week. The dream might save us all. I'm in my, I, I realize like this podcast is kind of like a verbal blog at times. It is what I think about and what I'm thinking about. And I'm stuck in this thing of, of the guru problem. I'm stuck in this thing of people asking, giving away, how do I say, giving away power to say, what do I do? What should I do? What's beautiful? T tell me what's beautiful and then I'll think that's beautiful. Tell me, tell me what I should do, and I'll just do that thing unquestioningly. I don't want you to ask for directions. I don't want you to ask anybody else, where should I be going right now? I don't want to. I want you to be clear about what you stand for, because that's going to inform where you go. That's going to inform your direction. Here's the bone that I want to pick. Here's the bone I want to pick. I talked about it in the beginning of this podcast. I said I had a bone to pick. Here's this bone. Do not use my particular unique approach, small steps approach, as an excuse for you to sit still in your life. Don't, do not do that. This happened recently. Somebody was like, I just do this and, you know, small steps. I go, no, that you don't get to just throw out my small steps like it's just uh, an excuse for you to not move. Small steppers move, we grow, we evolve. At what speed? Up to us, because we're in charge and it may be some slower for some people and faster for others, but for everybody, it's as fast as possible. But don't do the same thing for 20 years and tell me that you're just small stepping because you're not, because you may not even understand what I talk about when I talk about my small steps approach. I've had people go, oh, so you just talk about sort of doing micro steps. It's like, no, some people's steps, again, are huge, but they're small steps for them because they're not stressful. Other people's small steps are a little smaller because that's what they're able to take on. That's how you get there as fast as possible. You determine, not me, you determine number one, where you wanna go, your own direct, you create your own direction, and two, how much you're willing at any given time to take on to get there, and that changes too. You start out with one mile of run because that's what you can handle. In a month, you're doing five miles. In another month, you're doing 15, maybe. I don't know. That's up to you. I ain't your guru. I ain't setting a plan for you. I'm setting a system that you fill in the blanks for. That's what I'm setting. And that's what my online thing is going to do too, by the way. Take you through that process to teach you, not to get results in 12 weeks, to get you understanding the system. But you can listen to this podcast, same thing. This is about not, don't, don't just say, it's just, it's just what, when you know better, act. And if you're not acting, it's because 
the idea of moving to you is too gargantuan and too big. And then again, you're not understanding my small steps approach, so you should listen to this podcast. Because if you're stuck in the same place for 10 years and you tell yourself, well, I'm just small stepping, you're not. Because if you're really a small stepper, you're going to move something today. It's just going to be so much smaller than you think, but it's going to be making an inroad right away. And then growth is happening. Then change is happening. It is evolution of our individual selves. It's evolution that I'm talking about here. Small steps enables evolution. Small steps enables true change. Because you never stick at a place and lie to yourself and say, this is, you know, just, you know, we can only do so much. We, everything in moderation. I'm just, you know, uh, we, everybody's on their own different path when you know better. When you know better and you're not acting, you lose. Because you're going to then justify and make excuses. And if I sound a little harsh right now, it's because do not do that. And the reason I'm, I'm scolding you people who've probably not done this, but I'm just saying, is because that inaction makes you feel worse about yourself. You know deep down that you want to make moves because you have your own direction already. You've already set your direction. You've already maybe know. And if you don't know, that's fine too. And, and maybe you just don't know and don't care, and that's okay too. But as soon as you know that you don't want to be doing something that you're doing, and you then write it off by saying, well, this is just where I'm at, you lose. You will live in that conflict, and that conflict will be debilitating because it's conflict all the time. Again, it's not, are you in conflict? It's how much conflict are you in? We are in conflict. I'm in conflict. There's things I do every day that aren't me. Nobody is 100% me of the not me game. Nobody, because we grew up in a world that programmed us, and we're trying to introduce new programming, there's going to be a shift that is everlasting and forever in our lives. It's just, let's move the let's move the needle a little bit more into the me column over time. But don't stay in the not me column because you think, oh, this is, I'm just, you know, everybody steps. No, don't, don't do that. And I, I know that sounds harsh, but I don't want you to do that because it's too easy to be a small stepper to say, I can't change this overnight. That's for sure. That's absolutely true. That is for sure true. But then you say, but what could I do starting today that I could do that's not stressful at all that I could do for the rest of my life? Okay, I'm, I am going to do that. And once that ball gets rolling, that's how the growth occurs because then over time, the one little step you started with turns into the you know two of those things, four of those things, exponential growth. This is a... And I'll kind of finish off that rant there, but I'm just saying don't quickly and easily and nonchalantly throw small steps back in my face when you don't know my particular brand of small steps. Ain't going to fly because if you really understood my small steps, you would say, here's the thing, not, well, this is just where I'm at. You would say, here's, here's the things I'm doing to change this thing. And you're going to say, I'm doing, um, I, I walk around my house one minute every week. And you know what you're going to hear from me? That's amazing. That's incredible. Not, well, I'm just on the couch. That's just, I'm just small stepping. No, I'm going to go. That's absolutely as incredible as somebody who runs a 50K. That's amazing because you're a small stepper because you're taking control of your life. If you're languishing in inaction, act. And I, I know that sounds easier said than done because, but I'm not finished. Act however minimally it takes for you to act. That's what I mean. When we stop and can't act, it's because our perception is that to act is too big for us. We have an idea of something that is not real because we aren't making it up. When you make it up, you decide the size and you can actually make the action happen because you're in charge of that thing. It, do I need to convince you that there's value in doing something so minimal like walking for a minute around your house? Sure. And that's why I come here every month, every week <laughs> to do that because because we're raised in a world where that's nothing because we think short term. If we think 21 days, then yeah, walking around your house for a minute is nothing. It's not going to do anything for you in 21 days. Absolutely nothing in terms of the scale weight, but it's going to do a ton for you in terms of the rest of your life. It's going to do a ton for you in terms of your own health and happiness, a absolute huge amount. Dig? Okay. Back to direction. 
I am not, I'm not, I don't have a for sure answer on this, but what I'm talking about here is like the idea of a goal versus a direction. I, I haven't landed on, you know, set, I'm not anti-goals, but, but, I'm, but at the same time, I'm not all about goals either. I like direction. And I think what I'm talking about is like a goal is I want to be at a healthy weight. That's a goal. That's a goal. Fine. Good. Healthy weight. A direction is I want to start eating healthier. That's the direction I'm moving in with less focus on the goal of healthy weight. And here's why. And again, I think it's great to have those goals. I think it's great to say, I want to run 50K. Uh, that, that's my goal. But a direction can be, I want to become fitter. That's a direction that I'm taking because I want, to, I want to feel better, have more energy. I want to move my body. I want to be able to move my body. Fine, that's a direction. And if I had to choose one a little bit over the other because I don't want one or the other, but if I had to choose one a little bit more, I would say direction over goal because a direction allows the possibility that you might find a place where you want to stick for a while along the way. And this is the, the problem with a goal is that when you set that goal to 50K, you, you will feel the pressure because you'll feel the pressure of failure because you'll feel like if you don't get that 50K, you will have failed. And so you, you may push yourself too hard in getting to that 50K. And then God forbid you don't make it, then you think you failed. And I look at the process of you going from whatever you, wherever you started to the 50K as just 100% successful, the whole process, whether you ever finish the 50K or not. I couldn't, literally couldn't care. When you show up to that starting line, you win, period. But if we are all goal-focused, then when we don't make that goal, so-called, we feel like failures when I'm going... Look at the direction you set your life in. Look at the, uh, the, the courage that it took you to just try this to happen. Look what that did for you and the quality of your life. And you don't get the, any benefit of that because you didn't get a ribbon at the end of a 50K. But you showed up to the starting line. And you miss out. That's why I like direction better than goal. They're, all, they're both great. Set your 50K goal. Get your training plan. Get all that going. But don't forget that the direction that you're going in is to be healthier and happier. That's why I'm assuming you're doing trying to do a 50K in the first place is because it's something, and again, it's not about a 50K, but whatever that is for you. Eating healthy, eating healthier is a direction. Getting to 143 pounds on the scale is a goal. But along the way, you might hit a place where you're like, I feel and look great. I'm not exactly 143. Couldn't give a crap. I feel amazing. You're never going to feel that if you have 143 as the end all be all and anything less than that or more than that in whatever case that whatever the case may be is a failure to you. Now I'm fine with goals. I've said it before, I'm fine with goals. But here's here's why I get nervous. I want people to be you have to this is what I believe. I told you I have opinions, okay? This is one of my opinions. You have to be in a very, very sound mental place to, to set a goal. It, it's, it's too easy in the modern world for us to have a goal of, in the context of diets and training plans and six-pack ab DVDs to set a goal of six-pack abs. But I believe it takes a lot of mental preparation for you and all of us and me to set a goal in the first place. You got to be ready. Why? Because you may be grappling with the concepts of failure when there should be no grappling with the concepts of failure. Because if you set the goal and again are working toward it, to me, that's the success. If you're really, truly, honestly, deep down trying to achieve this goal, you you are succeeding. It's like that Casey Neistat, the YouTuber I really like. He goes, find something you love. You're either going to succeed at it or die trying. That that's that's that That's this thing. But the problem is, is that we all go like, I didn't succeed at it, so I failed. And that's missing the most important part of life, which is what you do on your way to the goals that you have. It's fine to expect 100%. It's fine to expect, I'm going to put my ass on the line here and I want to finish that 50K in less than six hours. All good stuff. Until you don't do that and feel like you failed when it, to me, it's like you just didn't have as much success as you would have if you had gone under six, but you totally succeeded. You succeeded 99% of the way. You you just achieved 99% success. 100% success would have been five hours and 59 minutes. 
but you've got 99% success that you're going to throw down the freaking drain because you didn't make your six hours, because you didn't make your 143 pounds on the scale. You miss along the way. I'm not setting the bar lower for anybody. I'm actually setting the bar higher. I'm not saying, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about setting that goal. Don't worry about it if you don't make it. It's okay. I'm saying, pay attention to where success lies. Don't ask... And again, this, I start off by saying don't ask for directions because you're the one that has to set this direction for yourself. You're the one. Because if you go to a book or you go to a diet, somebody else is saying this many pounds in this many days. That's somebody else's goals and somebody else's directions. They ain't you. Use those things as tools potentially to enable you to achieve the goals that you want and to set you on the direction that you set for yourself. But don't ask anybody else. Do not ask anybody else. And this is why it's related to last week because... It's in the dreaming. It's in you sitting down for moments every day, maybe a minute every day to decide what is the life you want to live that you've never asked yourself. And that sets you in motion with potentially goals for sure, but also a direction. If you don't have a direction, there's a darn good chance you're going to live an unhappy life. I don't care what goals you're setting. You have to have goals that you want, but an overall direction of your life and that direction nobody can deliver you nobody so in a sense i'm setting i'm setting a higher bar in terms of in the context of direction and a lower bar in the context of your goal i'm saying if you don't meet the goal set another goal but i'm raising the bar higher in the direction of your life and i will ask you which one leads you to the most happiness which one yields you the most happiness and the least amount of stress? Goals or a direction? I'll ask you that question. And I already know the freaking answer, which is the direction of your life. The direct goals are great and they're great and they're also great. But the direction of your life is set by you. And in that direction, you will find happiness and you will find joy along the way. You also might find joy in finishing that 50K race, and you also might find joy in finishing that 50K race under six hours. All those things are made up and they're just they're just random. I mean, they're random. They're just, a, the 50K is random. Who's decided the next race distance after 26.2 is going to be 50K? Somebody, and it doesn't really matter. It's random. Understand that nature of the human construct. Understand the nature of what we invent and then all of a sudden go, this is the law, and I have to finish this amount. I can run 29 miles on a trail, but if I don't finish the 50K, I failed. You ran 29 miles. But if you have all about the goal in your brain and not about the direction, you see where that shakes out. See what happens to your life in terms of your own level of happiness. See. Got it? Okay. Along the way, when you have a direction, and this all, I'll end with this point. If your goal is a marathon, but you have a direction of, I want to move my life into healthier living, you might along the way be running 10Ks and realize, I freaking love 10Ks. I don't even want to be, I don't, I'm like good. I feel really good. It fits into the context of my life. I can run with my buddies. I don't want to take on more mileage. I'm like doing great. I feel fantastic. That's somebody who lives via direction more and doesn't go, well, I did set the goal for a marathon, so even though I'm really liking the 50, the, the 10K and running with my friends, I guess I shouldn't run with my friends anymore because they're only running 10Ks and I need to be doing 13 miles on weekends because I'm training for a marathon that I kind of don't really want to do anymore. A small stepper might find along the way a place where they're like sticking. I'm going to stick here. This is what I dig. I like this. And again, that changes. I will tell you, like I ran a 50 miler a couple years ago and I'd run a few 50Ks. With my life as it is right now, 50K, ideal. Love the 50K race. Am I motivated to run a 50 miler? Zero. No, nada, nothing. I have no desire to run a 50 miler. No desire to run a 100K. That could change. But right now, my direction is to maintain my level of health and happiness. My goal is maybe to do one or two 50Ks a year. But again, I got both in hand. I got both in my pockets and I'm negotiating the two of those things and I understand where the real success lies and that is moving my own life in a direction of increasing my health and happiness, of feeling better, of being more present day to day. 
of paying better attention to the time with my children and Lisa and everything else that I do. That's my ultimate direction that, by the way, between you and me, and this is a total secret, so don't tell anybody, I would chuck every goal in the world in exchange for to maintain the direction that I'm in. Couldn't give a crap about a goal. If I have a direction and a practice of growth and evolution and more attention and more awareness and more health and vibrancy and thought and consideration, I, 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 there's not a goal in the world that I really care about too much. That this sort of like maybe they can be a little motivational, but at the end of the day, they go in the freaking garbage. Dig? All right, you guys. I'm going to hang it up there. Here, ready? Are you ready? You can just hit pause now. Can you just give me 15 seconds to go through some quick announcements? I'll be in New York, May 20th and 21st. It's coming up. It's in two weeks. Okay, I'm speaking on the 21st. May 21st, NYC Veg Food Fest. I'll be there both days, though. Come find me and say hello. Triangle Veg Fest, Durham, North Carolina. TriangleVegFest.com, August 26th and 27th. I don't know yet, so I'm sort of pre-announcing this, but I, there's a good chance that I'll be in Portland in October back at the North Wedge Veg Fest. They just invited me in an email. It'd be kind of not cool if they invited me and then they were like, nah, not. Uh, but you know, what am I going to do? So it's not inkjet, but but it's not inkjet. But but listen, can I keep a half eye on that if you're in the Northwest? That, that I may be floating up there come October. Stanfordin.com, I run their wellness center. SidGarzaHillman.com, where you can find all about me, my social media. Subscribe to my uh, mailing list, which you should as I launch my subscription thing. I'll, again, got the deals. And you can donate to the podcast. Thank you so much for people who have donated. I mean, sometimes I get like a $100 donation. It's like insane. And other people donate like three or four bucks a month. Again, it all is amazing. I just, it like blows my mind. Um, and you can also buy cool Approaching the Natural podcast merch like Nutty Nut Nut t-shirts. Okay. All ways that you can throw a little bit back my way if you feel so inclined. But again, just showing up here is pretty awesome. All right, you guys. I will be back next week with this here podcast. And I guess I should mention Health Made Simple. Did I already? Nomeatathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system. Okay. Email me podcast at sidgarzahillman.com if you have any questions or comments. I love hearing from you guys. In the meantime, until next week, will you do me a favor? Just write this down. Would you got a piece of paper and a pen? Be well. If you wanna run away with me, pack your things and come with me. We'll finally see what it is to be free. If you wanna spend your life with me, cut your ties and come with me. We'll disappear. can cross that line Mix your dreams with mine Just the idea
So if you can cross that line, mix your dreams with mine. Just the idea. Uh-huh.